Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Danny Kelly was with us. It being a Monday, uh, we just reflected on the Premier League weekend. We had a bit of a whistle-stop tour of all mm, nine games. Yeah. We squeezed in, as always, on a Monday. So we did that. We, we had a bit of a conversation, didn't we? We did. We had a bit of a chat. And we had some clips of the week pewter from 2010. And there was uh, one or two out of that random selection that have become old favourites, I think. So mm. uh, anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Paul. And I don't know if you saw this, but the journalists emerged 3-2 winners in their annual football match against the Tory MPs at Villa Park. And the MPs were managed by Quasi Quarting, who insisted on the full 45 minutes per half and then changed his mind and went for 40. Oh, okay, Nice, nice bit of satire. That's not strictly true, is it? I would imagine he was a bit busier. But is the match true? The (laughs) The journalists versus... uh... I wouldn't make that bit. That'd be pointless. (laughs) Do you remember us having a game out in the old... Yeah, I do remember remember that game. We played the Labour... uh, Andy... Burnham turned out that day. Yeah. He wasn't a bad player. A few ringers. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, that was the one we played when for around the Champions League. Yeah. We, yeah, they had one particular ringer. <laughs> yeah. Be somebody's yeah, we bad, played a Labour Party team, Real Madrid. Talk sport team, and this kid was like, he was a cross between Luka Modric and Messi, and apparently he was a special advisor to someone. Yeah. I bet he was. Now, on Saturday, because we're going to talk about all the games with Danny, but on Saturday I decided, I, I mentioned it to Dance, who was commentating on Palace-Chelsea, mm. that I was going to try a new avoid-it-completely experiment. Yeah. Because I just drive myself into the ground following the game on the radio and I get all upset and everything. It's not the same as being there or even on telly. I find it... Sort well, of you can no more influence it if you're there than you can watching it on the telly so, or uh, on the radio. We went to Hogarth House. I've never been. OK. <laughs> at Cheswick Park. It was quite... I was quite relaxed and I came back and saw that they'd won. Mm. And then I tracked the scoring and I, I could work out how I would have felt. So as soon as... I would have started off with reasonable optimism, as I always am. Yeah. <laughs> then they scored. Then they scored Palace. I would have been quite depressed and angry for about half an hour. Okay. Till, uh, the, uh, concept, about, tell till us what Hogarth House is. I mean, I suppose it's yeah. fairly self-explanatory. Well, it's, it's a house where Hogarth, the famous painter, lived. Well, no, not everybody knows that, do they? You know, this is not... <laughs> logical, really. It's not Radio 3, is it? I mean, <laughs> with respect, I'm sure some of the listeners knew. Some, some Rake's pe- progress and I all bet that. there was at least... Uh, Good few hundred TalkSport listeners thought it was a Spoons. <laughs> I Why were it. they not? I, I was quite comfortable there because all the ceilings are quite low. Because, I mean, it's a house that was built in something like 1654 or something okay. like that. Yeah, it's quite but old. surely while you're, you're walking around this place, all you're mm. doing is thinking about Chelsea. No. I was, it's consuming you mentally, isn't it? You're not no, in the that, moment no, no, looking no, at the Hogarths. No, I was in the moment. I was looking at the Hogarths and yeah. then, uh, then we went to Chiswick House and walked around the park. That was very nice. Yeah. And no. you didn't look at the phone once? Didn't look at the phone once. Absolutely had no idea. I was very relaxed. Obviously, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what's happening. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> but then again... I'm not sure about It's this. not the ideal. I'm not doing it again. Because the thing is, although they won, so I might have to do it again, obviously I missed the that, sort of the oh, joy sorry, of I don't want to disappoint you. Well, you walking around Hogarth House and not watching... <laughs> it had no bearing on the result of that game. Well, the game. last time I did that, they some won very, 6-0 at Southampton. Some very iffy officialdom <laughs> had much more influence. <laughs> Blimey, I mean, you're so one-eyed. Even you thought that was a red card oh, was. on Tiago Silva. Oh. In, I don't understand what these referees... Are doing. I, I certainly don't understand Anthony Taylor, but as long as he stays fit, I think Arsenal could win the title. Oh, bit of satire coming from you, not from me. Anyway, uh, Danny Kelly's going to join a us. Fan. We're going to be having a chat about that uh, later on as we look at all of the uh, games in the Premier League so far this weekend. Still one to come. We will be up in Leicester 
with Philbert the Fox, Jeff Peters, as we uh, preview tonight's commentary match between uh, Leicester and Forest. Big game for both of them, of course. Yeah. Just uh, listening to Brendan there, he's quite. It sounds quite. You know, you know, he's got a great voice. You never raise it. Does he ever raise his voice? He, I've never kind of heard him shouting or getting upset. He even mm. does that. I mean, he'd be a great late night DJ, wouldn't he? He would. Overnight. So I don't Overnight. want to put Martin <laughs> Kellner out of a job or Paul Ross, but... They could job could see, swap. Could see Brendan doing that. Well, he, he might be him. available after tonight. He doesn't ever do a Barry Fryer or a Neil <laughs> Warnock, does he, or a, something like that. He doesn't sort of lose the plot like that. Well, no. maybe he does. We just no. don't see that side of him. Um, so something to get you going on there. You've probably mm. seen that uh, Jack Grealish is less than enamoured by the way he looks in the new FIFA 23. Um, have you seen it, Andy? Have you seen the picture in the in the Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's odd. Yeah, he does. He said he looks like, uh, he said, that geezer out of Toy Story. Uh, the the young kid, I think you sort of Sid, who sort of pulls the legs off of the robots and stuff. So he, he does a bit, doesn't he? I mean, you've never seen Toy Story, Andy, have you? Maybe no. maybe they've got a special Toy Story <laughs> exhibition at the Hogarth <laughs> Gallery. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know you were such high art. It's great, isn't it? I wouldn't say Hogarth is high art, though, is it? He was a sort of... Oh, okay, we going to have a chat. Can you stick day. a string quartet on? <laughs> he was the EastEnders of his day. <laughs> he really was. Andy Jacobs' new series on the... On the uh, I, I, I don't know you took any of this in, because all you did as you walked around that gallery was think about what Chelsea were doing. Honestly. It never works. So um, there, there are occasions in life, in all our lives, yeah. when someone... I don't know if... It, maybe those things on holiday. You go away on holiday and they have these... Artists and illustrators sitting there, and occasionally you think, "Yeah, I always wanted someone to draw me, or yeah. draw the kids, or yeah. draw your other half." So they sit there, cartoon, you see it? them all over cities, Caricature. all over the world, and they, well, yeah, but sometimes you think, "Blimey, do I look like that?" Yeah. So um, that was nothing like me. If you've got examples of those to try and cheer old Jack Grealish up, well, I'm not. He's particularly going to need it after yesterday, mm. the way he played, and indeed the way his team played. More on that in a moment. Uh, do get in touch, talksport.com forward slash H&J, and text to 81089, and you can tweet to TSH&J, that's T-S-H-A-N-D-J, to get in touch today. Wolves apparently want the sporting Lisbon boss to replace uh, Bruno Large, mm. and uh, I can't believe they're going for somebody from Portugal. It seems such a strange well, move look, for them. Let's be honest, it makes a lot of sense, <laughs> doesn't it? Sort of, if you yeah, if you like that sort of Portuguese if you've got, football, if you've got an enclave of players like that, I mean, it does make an awful lot of sense. So uh, we'll see. We're gonna, have, yeah, Wolves fans, we're gonna find out a bit more about some of the runners and riders. Amarim is is uh, apparently the favourite, but they're looking at others. Even Gennaro Gattuso has been mentioned. Italian. Oh, okay. Not oh, Portuguese he'll get, enough. He'll get by. He's got a smattering. Maybe give he it, speaks a, it. Give it Eric Dyer to the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to look at it. That's Wolves. a good idea. Yeah. It'd be a bit more solid at the back. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time now to round up the weekend's Premier League action with Car Finance 24-7. And as always, joining us to do just that <laughs> is Danny Kelly. Good afternoon, Danny. I'm glad to see I'm sponsored now. It's all very good. Good yes, afternoon, well everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our time. Yeah. Um, well, look, we've, we've got plenty to get through. Uh, we are going to kick off... Uh, we have, well, a couple of features of this section. When the producer has had enough of us rabbiting on about a particular game, you'll hear that music they play when they want to clear the stage in the Oscars when someone's overstayed their welcome with a, a, a too long... Ex- there it is. Hopefully that's Leeds not for our Villa's first just going to be the music. Yeah, Leeds Villa's oh, just... Yeah. <laughs> uh, apart from some time-wasting chat... The music and three of us waving at each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have a little section. Uh, mm. whose, turn in it, whose turn is it in the barrel? Yes. And it, it could come up at any point during our... Our conversation, but in this case, it's coming up at the very start because uh, we're going to be covering. This is a team, really. Every team takes your team, our team, my team takes their turn in the barrel at some time uh, during the season. Comes under a bit of scrutiny, yeah, except City. Sorry. Oh yeah, probably except. Well, you know, they might have a bad day one day. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Let's start then with <laughs> Manchester City versus Manchester United. Yeah. No great surprise that uh, in the barrel this week are Manchester United, uh, Danny. Not not their finest hour. Do you really. know what? There's so much to say about this before the Oscar music starts. But in some ways, this is the this is the you know putting them in the barrel. I feel a bit sorry for Manchester United. Forgive those words, um, because Manchester City are the way they are just now. It's a bit like berating the Kaiser Chiefs for not being the Beatles, isn't it? <laughs> um, because because you know. The, United are not the worst team in the world. That was a rotten performance in some ways. City are so good. Although United should be 
livid with themselves. Imagine how this is going to look in the future. Yeah, we went to the Etihad and we got three goals. Oh, no, we lost. We lost 6-3. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it, you, you don't want to waste three away goals in a, in a local derby with a defeat. You just don't. Yeah, two came, though, when it was all done. And I, I thought, though, that I was at the 4-0 uh, down at halftime at Brentford. And I thought it was different to City. They gave they were pathetic against Brentford and they gave Brentford yeah. two goals, easy goals. De Gea died over one of them, terrible clear out. But here, City just tore them to pieces. I mean, this yeah. was a different They didn't altogether. help themselves, though, Danny, as I think every goal has been analysed. Certainly those four first-half goals have been analysed. Analyzed, and they did, they did let themselves down, didn't they? Look, I, I, I'm not sure, Paul. I'm not sure that any team can resist City in this <clears> current <throat> formation and in this current form because I think uh, in the gap between the Aguero kind of falling off there was a cut and and the and the acquisition of Haaland. There was a couple of years where you thought, and you know, Spurs have done it as well. Here comes City. They're going to come at you. They don't come at you all guns blazing. It's kind of all. They might have a a sort of a, a hacksaw blade tucked away in the back pocket or something. They didn't. They didn't have the cutting edge. Now Haaland has done two things, hasn't he? You you live in fear of him personally because he's there, and mm. also it's just given the, the city players such a huge lift, yeah. knowing that all of this passing and running and self sacrifice, all the things that they do, is going to end up with at, at his feet or head or whatever he's going to use to get it into the net. His okay. telescopic legs, yeah, I mean, the Inspector Gadget yeah. finish, which he is now amazing. doing, which we've seen incredible. a few times. Yeah. I've written by the time he's finished, there'll be no records left, and I think that's about right. Yeah, it goes oh, back to the, what was said in the very first game after the first game when Phil Foden. We've talked about this. Phil Foden didn't square in the ball, and he said the boys, all the boys, have got to realise that. Uh, it's been a while where they couldn't put a ball in those areas because there was no one there. Erling will be there. You put it there, Erling will be there. And I think he's he proved put it in front of him. He'll be yeah, there. <laughs> you put it behind him. You can do whatever you like yeah. with it. He'll probably that, that, be there. That was Hall and speak for new sheriff in town, mm. wasn't it? Because the, yeah. the team the team doesn't revolve around him, um, but it, it all ends up with him. And uh, look, I, I can't work out which is a bigger surprise: how well he's adapted to the English game. Or how surprised people are by what he's doing. Mm. Anyone who watched him at Dortmund, in a, in a frankly not great Dortmund team over yeah. the last couple of years, even at Salzburg, think, Danny. I mean, he yeah. he stood out. He's doing all the same things for them. Even as well. when he was in a pram, even when exactly. he was in a pram he's back in the day. He's incredible. Yeah. There's no question. About yeah, it. he is. Uh, the and the Dixie Dean record. I mean, the idea of sixty goals uh, in a season. I mean, is is he capable of that? Then, what do you think? Well. He'll look to Clive Allen first, and, and, mm, yeah. and almost fifty. There's nothing to stop him. Um, he, he does have muscular injuries occasionally, but yeah. I will caution you here: Dortmund were really blighted with muscular injuries over the last couple of years. I wonder whether it was something that's going on in the way they were training their footballers, um, because at the moment there's nothing to stop him getting certainly forty-five goals this season. They're there? one, nothing. They're wonderful to watch, Danny. But is how good is this for the league, though? Because the, you know, look, they look like they could have it wrapped up by March, really. Now, I know Arsenal are on top at the moment, but you have to think it, that it, it that, is, Andy. Uh, if you want a scientific answer, the it is that you know, the stratification of football's <clears> finances <throat> continues apace. You have a nation-state team at the top of French football. Um, you know, the two Spanish giants finding new ways to finance their jiggery pokery, um, particularly Barcelona, who are, of course, having pulled the four economic levers, find themselves top this morning after yeah. Real Madrid's draw. Um, I think we've been very lucky so far in the Premier League that we haven't had an absolute runaway ten titles on the trot uh, club, and I don't th- I don't think we will. But it, I mean, the, the encouragement actually comes from your team. If they're prepared to pay above Christopher and Kunku's release clause, as they appear to be doing to get this deal mm. done in January, um, maybe Todd Bowley is prepared to spend his way um, in, into a place to challenge Manchester City. But at the moment, they're just they're the, they're the best team with the best weapons. It, it's, it's fantastic to watch. On a lighter note, we learnt yesterday that Kevin De Bruyne is a man of very strong views. Ahead of this game, he did a Q&A in the Sunday Times, and they asked him about his favourite things, his favourite tipple. He said, um, I despise juice. He despises <laughs> juice. He's not, I'm not keen on juice. I don't really drink juice. Despises <laughs> juice. Um, my favourite book. I hate reading, he said. Yeah. I hate, he said, I read to my kids with a book with plenty of pictures, but I hate reading. So he despises and he hates that. He's not a man to mess with, clearly. 
Yeah, but uh, he hates reading. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he might have said, he actually might have said, I hate reading. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, maybe I got it wrong. Anyway, let's move on to a game that we probably won't dwell on for too long. It is uh, the game between Leeds and Aston Villa. Um, look, it had its moments. Both sides had their moments. But well, the. Didn't. Well, no, it, well, I said moments. I didn't tell you. A moment. Look up a moment in the dictionary. I, I just watched the cricket. I couldn't be bothered with um, it. The, the fallout from it was time wasting, according to Jesse Marsh, who said Villa were time wasting too much. And apparently there was a meeting last week with the PGMOL and the managers, and they spent 90 minutes talking about nine, uh, time wasting. But they only actually spent 60 minutes of that talking about time wasting. <laughs> But uh, they uh, did, apparently, and he's very upset that they had a big talk about it last week and then I, I he saw a team do it. I don't think Andy's having this Leeds manager, are you? I'm not keen. No? I'm not. <laughs> I, I think his after-match comments are absolutely ludicrous virtually every week. I mean, it's not, not for me, but if Leeds like him, fair enough. I'm not a Leeds fan. Mm. It was, yeah, it was not not the greatest. I mean, it had quite a lot to live up to. I think I think um, one of the websites said, follow that, Leeds, and uh, yeah, they yeah. couldn't really, could they? It's very different. No, no. I mean, I, 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 I'm pressing a bit about Aston Villa. They had 19 shots and uh, away from home and didn't get one of them in. Mm. Look, that can happen to you. Goalkeeper have a great deal of rest of it. But also, if you're running out of luck and uh, you, you need a bit of luck, and it would, have, it would have been a second win for them, but it suggests that things are not quite right there. Luis Sinistera, who was sent off, has had a hell of a week. Yeah. He's travelled halfway across the world, got his first, second and third ever goals for Colombia. Um, then, of course, he struts back into the dressing room. Everybody be, everybody, calm down. Lewis is here. <laughs> Bang, he's off halfway through the game. Um, but that's the, that's the joy of football, isn't it? The second one, Danny, the second yellow, is easily the sort of one where in the old days the ref could have had a word, as they say. He could have said, look, don't be silly. You've just calmed down. You've just been booked. But you don't get that Refereeing anymore, do you? common sense. You don't, happen, you don't get, no, you don't get uh, but, have but, a word anymore as a referee, do you? No, you don't. But, but there is a cost to this, isn't there? You know, um, the imposition of the referee's power or the the letter of the law costs the spectators the football match because mm. you don't want to see 11 against 10 10 against 11 no absolutely um, i mean i don't know what i don't know what to do about it because you're not supposed to stand over the ball and block people doing it um uh, the only thing you could possibly do instead of it being a yellow card move the ball 25 yards forward oh, and yeah. it takes it into the penalty area all due respect penalty I never have been more glad to hear this music yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're squeezed in Th- thanks Andy <laughs> no not because of you <laughs> because the of game. the game oh, meow Andy yeah <laughs> <laughs> wandering around the well, half <laughs> gallery yeah. you, 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 do, you do your best and this is what you yeah. get yeah. Uh, West Ham Wolves the game that cost Bruno Large's job well I mean cumulatively uh, you would say but it was yeah. um, we'll come on to that a little bit later on with Andy Brassel but um, it yeah. was classic Wolves I watched the game in the first half they were yeah. Better team, but they did what Wolves do. They just didn't score a goal. Yeah, Adama Traore, you, you know the man trying to score the goals for it. You're always going to be up behind the eight ball, really, as we saw. But, um, but I mean, a good day for them. Skamak scoring a good goal and Bowen scoring at last, which has been very odd this season that that he's not been scoring goals for such a good player. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess uh, for David Moyes, this is, this is you know welcome, welcome relief. It really is a welcome relief. Um, but he shuffled the pack once more and the, the, the bits and pieces started to fall into place. But you you are at the moment playing your joker when you play Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's one win in 15 for them. Mm. So they will give you every chance to sort out issues with your defence, a midfield that's not quite clicking, or even in the case of Jared Bowen, a player who's wildly out of form. Um, they are currently the physicians of the Premier League. You've got an illness... Come to Wolves and they will fix it for you. Um, yeah, well, and, and, and it's not a surprise they're no longer going large because what's he achieved there? Nothing. No, it's been difficult, it, really. Yeah. Obviously, the lack of strikers. Anyway, Diego, it would been a bad luck on that front as well. It, yeah, Diego Costa, yeah, of course, is, uh, is, is back. And uh, we were all enjoying uh, the idea that, you know, when Gallagher scored the, the law of the X, you know, coming back. And, yeah. And Costa's going to play Chelsea next Saturday at the bridge. He's back to score, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, a little cameo and, uh, from him. Yeah. Andy, what did, what did you feel when you saw the, the the once pantomime villain and spaghetti Western anti-hero of the Premier League, normally, of course, in a Chelsea shirt? What did you think when you saw him coming on a Wolves shirt? Well, it's pleased to see him. I think he, I, I, he Lovely was a, fella, yeah. Yeah, he was great for Chelsea. <laughs> he's one of those players, if he's in your team, you love him. Mm. Yeah. And everybody else hates him. But, yeah, I thought... 
I mean, you, he showed signs of. He did. Yeah, yeah. He missed a chance. He should have well, scored. He, you put, know, he put a good cross in for the. Whoever you know, comes in but. has got some pretty decent players and can get them yes, firing. Has, yeah. uh, you do yeah. feel that then mm. they'll be all right. Anyway, uh, Danny Kelly is Portuguese. Otherwise, it might be. Yeah. Well, player. I think there's a pretty good chance he will. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. Danny Kelly is with us. We have um, ticked off three of the games in the Premier League this weekend. We move on to the next three, and uh, three very much uh, is the magic number Liverpool 3 Brighton 3 and uh, Brighton Danny could have been out of sight by the time Liverpool got going I mean, 3 or 4 nil up easily yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm almost afraid to open my beak about this Paul because Andy's already had one go at me he's already had a go at Adrian he's operating <laughs> he's some, operating some kind of radio scorched earth policy today isn't <laughs> he, he is yes taking no prisoners yeah. um, <laughs> look Liverpool, I mean I want to talk about Leandro Trossard really but you have to say um, Liverpool have got any number of, of, of smaller problems, but the biggest one is the concession of the first goal. Um, the, the, take away the COVID season behind closed doors, and in the Premier League history, I think the figure is just astonishing. If you concede the first goal mm-hmm. in a Premier League match, you do not win in over, I think it's almost 85% of the cases. So even after Liverpool had got 3-2 ahead, me, I'm still sitting back going, they can still they still won't win this because the stats tell you they won't win it. Uh, if you concede first, it's so hard to climb the mountain. Um, they've got to start. And they've conceded the first goal, I think, in five of their last seven. It's just making life very, very difficult for them. The other thing, and it's the, the truth that dare not speak its name, everybody bangs on and on about Trent Alexander-Arnold, but Virgil van Dijk is not the player he was before his injury. He just isn't. No. Let's say it. No, he, 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 he clearly isn't. I mean, the defending yeah. for the for the goal was chronic. Um, but they still, but he, you know, they're not. They haven't lost touch. They, they've got a game in hand. If they yeah. were to win that, they'd be one point off top four. So, yeah. you know, so imagine what they'd be like if they start playing well. I mean, Salah's. There's been a bit of heat on Salah. It's his worst uh, start, isn't it? I think since he arrived at the club. Isn't it interesting this? how Mane is missing Liverpool. And Liverpool are missing Mane. He's yeah, a, it's a, he should never have left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, I mean, the Kasper Schmeichel thing is exactly the same. He's getting endless grief about the way he's keeping goal for Nice, and he, clearly his leadership is being missed by Leicester City. Yeah. By the way, if Leicester win tonight, um, I don't know, Leicester, of course, uh, if, uh, that's a big if, if they win tonight, um, the from Liverpool down to the bottom place, there'll be just six points. I know it's early in the season, mm. but I think we're, we're going to see an incredibly close league away from the top, top, top two or three yeah. uh, this season because of the particular shape of the season. And look, it, it, it looks like very a new manager's coming at Brighton and you can't see the join. And you, you can't yeah, think it's a of... lot easier for him than Potter. I was thinking yeah. about this in the weekend. He's taking over a team that are really in form, that have been built and, and developed over a sort of two, three-year yeah. period. But it, you know, there's plenty yeah. of managers who could have gone in and fouled that up. Yeah. And you could probably yeah. name handfuls of them. But he's just gone in. He's not. He said, OK, I've got a good blueprint. I'll just work around that. I'm not mm. going to try and shake it all up. And and it, it's hey, I mean, that's obviously that's why they gave that guy the job because that's what he said he would do if he got the job, and particularly because uh, we know that Brighton, with their phalanx of young people in Camden Town, looking at data, um, <laughs> they will have they will have seen that what, what he did at Sassuolo in particular. You can make comparisons between the size of the club, the way they played, and how they did in Italy. Um, and they, they they what they haven't done, Paul, is to make the mistake of appointing a manager who is out of sync. With the with the kind of squad of players they got, because that's that's usually you're right. Managers go in and mess things yeah. up, but usually it's because they're they're the wrong person in the gig, and they were they were never going to do that. Yeah, that's what they t- they tend to kind of focus on the shortcomings of the last guy and mm. say things like, "Well, he wasn't tough enough." So let's bring a tough players manager. Aren't, yeah. Players yeah. aren't fit enough. Yeah, players yeah. aren't fit enough. But none of that nonsense. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're, they're decent, Brian. They're yeah, one you expect three the takeaway from that. Well. You expect Liverpool to come good and uh, well done to Brighton. Fulham one, Newcastle four. And there was a lovely moment in that around the, uh, certainly not the tackle by uh, Trevor Chalaber, uh, got him a red card. Uh, Nathaniel. But, uh, Nathaniel, sorry. Uh, yeah, Nathaniel. Yeah. When, the, um, when the referee went to the monitor to have a look at it, there were some uh, Fulham fans sitting behind the guy and there was an old boy there and you can see him. He's going to be a great lip reader. He's saying, no, no, there's nothing in it. There was nothing, nothing in it. Nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if his kids or whoever sort of laughing at him because there clearly is. But you, it's, when the monitor, they go to the monitor, the crowd in the background around the monitor and those grounds where you are close to them are worth watching, really entertaining. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and I don't think we should be in the, you know, 2022, we shouldn't be relying on ourselves lip reading. It should be coming up what they're saying mm. in little <laughs> captions all around the screen yeah. because it is always incredibly funny yeah. that people, um, and of course, don't forget, they are giving the, the official their opinion of something that happened 70 yards away. Mm. He's looking at a, a screen of three feet away with a close-up of it in slow motion, but still their opinion must be heard. Absolutely. Yeah. Newcastle, they, they always look better when Callum Wilson plays, even though the focus was on Almiron. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, he said to come they back. Make, yeah, they make a difference. They do. But, you know, if you get a player sent off after eight minutes, it's just... Yeah, it's always going to be tough. Um, and the, the Almiron goal has been all the talk, the goal of the season contender and all that. It was. It was, it was a audacious, corker. I think, is the word. Yeah, I think it was. It, but it was a corker, wasn't it, Danny? What oh, a yeah, fine it, goal. It, well, he's one of those players who has a, a tremendous skill sets, but not quite enough of everything to make him super elite. Um, God, I've gone from elite players to super elite now. <laughs> hey, he's a top. He's not quite top top, is he? He's no, only no. top. Um, but um, because of his uh, his pace and stuff, he gets himself into some great positions. And we, we talked about Traor beforehand not being a, a reliable finish. Almiron hasn't always been, a, but he knows he's in those positions. And you have a go as a professional football and you make contact like that. You, we had, all of us just have to go thing of beauty alert. So it was just a beautiful thing to watch, wasn't it? Fantastic. No, and, um, yep, and, uh, and, and just a rotten day at the office for Fulham. You get a player sent off quite rightly, yeah. despite the old boy behind the, the screen. <laughs> and then you lose Mitrovic after half an hour. It's not your day, is it? No, no, absolutely. I'm sure they'll come again as well. Um, Southampton 1, Everton 2. Yeah, was it the stingiest defence in the Premier League, Evan? I've got this. This is a beauty. Thank you to the Sun for this. Uh, this Southampton team featured Walker Peters, Bella Kochap, Coletta Carr, Maitland Niles, and Ward Prowse. Saints becoming the first team in Premier League history to start with five players with double barreled names. <laughs> That's an incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hats off, though, to the Everton fans who defied the train strike. That's a long journey. Yeah. I worked it all out. 474 miles from Anfield to St Mary's. You've got, you got a lot of Everton. They're a big club. They've got fans all over the country. It's a big London... Uh, Why were the Everton fans entry? starting at Anfield, Andy? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's very good. That's a very good They like point. to go there first. They should have done good. Yeah. Have that's done. where they pick the coaches that's up very, just to wind them up. That could have yeah. really changed everything, that, yeah, isn't it? Because Liverpool just, normally yeah. at home, so the idea of picking up the Everton coach <laughs> there rather than at Goodison sounds... It could just, kick off. I was just trying Again. Liverpool to Southampton, you're right. Absolutely it could be right. a bit dangerous. Been. But yeah, we, 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 we know it. The cliche is, of course, that you're only wrong by the width of Stanley Park, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Uh, hats yeah. off to, uh, as well, to Frank Lampard. Mm. Cass in the Times today, Tony Cascarino, saying much tighter than he thought they could be a Lampard team. And that's something he seems to have learned. They definitely, they've recruited well. And they are difficult to break down. They're getting decent results. Yeah, and the uh, they're starting to do one at you. They're defending their goal, and they're not automatically getting beaten away from home um, because they, you know they, they were uh, the last two years really. Everton have been scrambling around to get their forty points from the home fixtures because they were just terrible. But that's that's another away win for them. And I agree with you, Andy. I, you can see that he solidified the team. Southampton, by contrast, at seven across the, this season and last, at seven home defeats out of ten. And that that is the real alarm bell because we've seen teams like Everton survive if you even if you can't do anything away from home. But if you're if you're automatically losing games at home, and I know occasionally they'll come back and do something amazing or they'll lose nine nil. But that is a, a trend and a pattern that would have the alarm bells ringing there. And with Mr. Large um, already on his way, I wonder if, if I would hate to lose Hassan Hootl because I love saying his name so much. Yeah. Um, but it, would be, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if Southampton were getting a bit twitchy as well now, would it? No, but I think they'll stick with him for the time being. They've had enough decent results this season. He should go back to the wetsuit. I mean, go oh, back yeah. to the clothes he wore when he first took over, that very tight black <laughs> tracksuit that looked like he was wearing but a wetsuit. But it will be interesting. Like after... a police frogman, yeah. Yeah, ditch, ditch the, um, the under-manager of a Tyrolean hotel. Ditch that look. <laughs> I was thinking, though, if Gareth does... Pack it in after the World Cup from either because he's won it or we've gone out in the first section. Lampard will be one of those that the FA look at. No well, question. okay, so Frank Lampard for England manager. You're saying? I'm not I mean, saying that. I'm just saying he's he'll be amongst the people they look at if uh, if they keep going the way they're going. Mm. 
Okay, fair enough. You heard it here first. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs. Danny Kelly with us, and uh, we're reflecting on the Premier League weekend, and we turn now to Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1. Uh, and Danny, I know you've been talking about this already at Down the View from the Lane podcast, but uh, if you can bring yourself to do it again, um, what was your was your pint-sized reading of the game? Well, I've got to talk about predictability here because... Um, in the in the in the in the run up to the game, uh, you would expect uh, normally in North London derby everyone to be very nervous. In my family WhatsApp group, almost entirely dominated, brothers, sisters, loved ones, the lady wife by Arsenal fans. Not a hint of tension among them all. They literally were sitting around with their feet on the corner of the desk, getting the popcorn ready for what they knew was an inevitable victory. Uh, I thought I thought you know Arsenal played really well. They got on the front foot and their attacking players are doing great at the moment. Really good. Um, I thought Spurs were ridiculous. You cannot, you cannot line up like that in a, in a, in a, in a, and defend your goal for ninety minutes in the hope of a breakaway mm. goal. I think Antonio Conte thinks you can, but for me, Paul, uh, I'd love to get your view on this, Spurs fan. Uh, when did the start of the season? Because I was talking about predictability. I was predicting that with the five substitutes, teams would go two up and bring on five defenders to see the game out. I did not expect teams to go two down and bring on five defenders <laughs> to see the game out. Yeah. What? You cannot. So that Spurs end up with one forward player mm. on the pitch. Well, I think it right. was. We all know it was damage limitation. It had to be because well, he, he feared well, he, they'd get a right tonking, which they. What's the difference? You get you, you get humiliated three one because you have you played you've done nothing in the game, or you mm. get beat five one. There's I don't, no difference. As a neutral, I don't quite see it the way you see it. Mm. I, I thought that uh, against Ar- United, Arsenal were caught on the counter. Although they had the majority of the game, and United played really well on the counter-attack and scored goals, Spurs had chances in that game. Mm. They had final ball. Better final trans- ball, yeah. The transition was sure. so poor. If they just played yeah. a couple of decent final balls, it might have been a different Some story. Some to Richarlison, Richarlison to Perisic, where they overhit yeah. passes, which yeah, they just could have put it, in front of the player. You, know, you never know what happened. And the- I just thought... You know, the, the red card changed the game at 2-1. Yeah. You don't know what might have happened. You don't know what Conte could have done. I just find Anthony Taylor so irritating. Every big game he's involved in, there's a controversy, there's a red card. It's, you know, that's only a red card if you're looking for a red card. Yeah, what I want to say about that is that I wonder if coaches do say to players, look, is Anthony Taylor this week? Uh, two weeks ago, he should have given a red against Van Dyke. He probably got a bit of a shooing from... Um, Mike Riley and uh, Pogmol yeah from Pogmol and he certainly got a shooing in the media I wouldn't give him a game higher than Bournemouth v Forest I wouldn't it's going to be it's going to be you know next time that happens you're going to be off so be careful which of course Emerson Royal wasn't and by the letter of the law you can certainly make a case for that uh, being a red card Uh, but um, I think it was more than that. I mean, my, my, going into the game, Danny, I think you mm. felt the same. I thought they should have um, started the game as they finished the Leicester game with, with three in midfield uh, and two up. Against Arsenal, succeeded, uh, succeeded so mm. much possession. Arsenal, very good in those positions. They're very confident. And yeah, like they you, still I, could have hit them on the break, it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was surprised that he didn't, but you know, he's, he's kind of wedded to that system. So although I'd like to have seen him play it, I knew he wouldn't. No, I, I, you know, he is wedded to the system, and I would ask him simply, who else in, in, you know, not talking about teams drawn against much better teams in cup competitions, who else in world football is currently trying to win games on the break? I tell you who else, England. And so the first I feel sorry for this is Harry Kane. He's he is the spearhead of the two most defensive teams <laughs> in world football. Mm. Um, no, no. You, you, look, Andy, I take your point about the, the final ball and all the rest of it. But trust me, if you are, if you have as much, Spurs had seven touches in Arsenal's penalty area yeah. in ninety minutes. You're not going to score goals. You're not going to win games. And no. they are playing well, Arsenal. Yeah. No, they are. They're very yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Which is no why maybe with, I'm not saying you to take with a touch more respect, but maybe have lined up in a slightly different way. But anyway, it's early. It's early doors. We live to fight another day. Um, <laughs> we move on to Palace versus Chelsea. Never a red card. Oh, <laughs> of course dear. it was. <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the clearest red cards of the weekend. I mean, Thiago Silva knew exactly what he was doing, and the idea that he was too far away and too wide. Is absolute nonsense, and you think well, it's such an insult to IU, isn't it? Like yeah. a professional footballer couldn't score from there. Yeah, and, um, and it was, de- I mean, it was definitely a red, and it's hard to believe with VAR they make a mistake like that. It was a strange edit on match of the day because I saw the another highlights package, and Chelsea had quite a few chances, including a Mount header they should have buried. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. you, they didn't show on match of the day. I thought that's a bit surprising, a bit of a one-sided ed- edit. But there you go. Uh, 
look, it, it, it was possibly two red card offences, and he doesn't he doesn't get sent off. I mean, it makes I mean, we it, it just makes the whole purpose of VAR seems so weird. They will they will break every bone in their own body and stretch every sinew to find a marginal offence in the build up to a goal, and then when there's a chance of a goal. They won't even send the miscreant off. It's very, very odd indeed. I must say, I hope I'm not going to embarrass you here, Andy, and I mean this. Um, hearing the conversation about Hogarth earlier on, um, Andy knows that I'm very interested in, 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 in paintings and things. Yeah. And a while back, Paul, Andy, he, who clearly knows his, his own way around a palette, mm. showed me some paintings that he'd done. Yeah. And, and I, I, said, I said to him, would you, would you sell one of those to me? I really, really like them. And, I'm, and he was very, very gentle about it. And he said, they're not, they're only for my own personal consumption. But I've actually tried, he goes to the Hogarth to get inspired yeah. to buy paintings that are good enough to buy. His, painting, that, his paintings are very much from the naive school. They're not particularly Hogarthian, are they? No, but I'm a big fan of his roundabout. So that, that's, uh, I, my note here is Fafana at fault twice in the first goal for Fafana's sake for <laughs> <laughs> Fafana um, so yes and, you, uh, and of course you've talked about Conor Gallagher and yeah. the inevitability of that not um, celebrating I mean, I mean they, well, did fair show, they did show on match of the day Wrighty yeah, did. didn't have quite the same take on it when he went back to Sellhurst and scored of course but I mean um, it, it's so it's so inevitable particularly come on as a substitute I sometimes think the, the opposition should be allowed an extra player yeah. um, just, because it's otherwise the game is stupid Stupid, isn't it? Yeah. It, always, it, it seems to always happen, doesn't it? The fans yeah, well, respect is going there next week, so he can do it. But I think the refs will definitely punish Chelsea down the line for that. Well, let's that hope so, eh? Well, that's what happens. That's the way <laughs> yeah, they. That's the way they referee this lot. They, they make a mistake uh, one week and they try and redress it for no reason the next week. That's that's the style. Yeah. Okay. And, non- and that is a nonsense too, isn't it? Not yeah. not what you're saying, but the fact of it is a no. nonsense. And just very quickly, where the music's playing, do fans respect a player who doesn't celebrate a goal against them because he used to play for them? Does it make us feel any better? Do the Palace fans feel any better? Yeah, it gives them less to get angry about. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. I don't um, agree. Yeah, you're, I'm not you're sure wearing, about They're that. paying your wages. You're wearing the shirt. Have a little leap in the air. Have a little leap. Uh, we finished then with Bournemouth nil, Brentford nil. The main takeaways from this: <laughs> Gary O'Neill doing a good job. I hear from Kane there in the bullet, and he's being linked mm. to the Borough job, which is quite interesting. So maybe it might force Bournemouth's hand because mm. he has he's so made them hard to so beat, which they've not be. always been. And four, uh, four, four unbeaten. If, they, if you've given yeah. them any run, any run in the season of four unbeaten before it started, they just take your arm off. So that is a fantastic. Absolutely. And it's interesting that part of the thing that uh, Thomas Frank was talking about afterwards was kind of picking Ivan Tony up a little bit, saying mm. he and his family and all of us here were, uh, were, were sad that he didn't get a little bit of game time. So, I mean, from Bournemouth, sorry, from Brentford's point of view, maybe this call up has been sort of counterproductive. I think, you know, the, the, the small to see chaos that was going on in the England camp where they suddenly had to get something from the game against Germany meant that you couldn't, you couldn't get the, uh, the, 30, the 30 or 40 minutes I'm sure he was supposed to get. And I suppose at least Thomas Frank has got um, plenty of Maltesers with which to help comfort the lad. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There'll be a family-sized <laughs> box on its way to the Tony household. The, the ref got plaudits in this game, though, didn't he? For you know, going against, going sticking the, with a young dis- ref sticking yeah. with his decision. Was he called Thomas Breville? Is that his name? What? A, oh, wait, you, How does he prepare his toasted you're sandwiches? You're after a free sandwich maker, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't know what his name. That's what it sounded like. And I think that's the. I think you could have always looked it up, man. You ever heard a research? I know. I just got don't bother looking it up. Well, I didn't want to spoil the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was good. I didn't want to spoil the joke. Fantastic. Anyway, Danny, uh, that's us, yeah. I think. The music hasn't even started, but it should have done by now. But um, thank uh, you. There's a, there's, a, there's a lesson there. Don't, let's not end these sections on a nil-nil draw. No, that's very <laughs> yeah. true. Well, it's like reference, the day, yeah. isn't it, really? Uh, yeah. we will yeah. catch, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks very much, Love Danny. that. Love that. Cheers, man. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy. Yes, I was watching the NFL game at uh, Spurs yesterday and it struck me that there were more people dressed in daft costumes at that game than there were in the London Marathon. Really? What a crowd. It's really weird. I didn't notice. What sort of stuff were they wearing? All sorts of Viking stuff and just various... Loud outfits yeah. and you know. wear Viking stuff for a reason, though, weren't they? Well, I suppose so. Yeah. The Vikings playing, weren't they? They were. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, I can they see. They still the, look ridiculous. I can see the sense in that. Yeah, thing. I can see the sense of it too. Yeah. But uh, so we were ch- chatting yesterday. I was having a chat with my son about the this current state of. You'll see where this goes in a minute. Okay. The current state of roads in in London in our areas. I mean, my mm. I currently basically live in a car park, right. and so does my son for the basically the same sort of reasons yeah. that the council getting involved and doing work that no one can really see why, but there we go. So uh, we were talking, and he's saying to me, it's going to cost, they they want to rebuild the Westway, which is the main, one of the main routes into town, and it's going to cost five billion. Mm. So I was saying to him, you know what, that's that's, that's only slightly more than it costs to buy Chelsea. (laughs) So my son said, we reckon that Todd Bowley probably knows more about road building, rebuilding, than he does about football. Yeah. (laughs) And then we worked out... So you think he should sell and buy the Westway, do you? Well, not necessarily, but if he was in charge, of it. He'd spend millions on concrete and tarmac and then fire the bloke he'd asked to order them yeah. straight away. You get the okay. idea. Well, I there. see where you were going with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you get the idea. I can there. see where you're going. Uh, Yuri Geller is planning to duplicate himself. Hey? Um, yes. So he, he's basically going to train somebody up who mm. looks like him yeah. and, and can sound like him and can do, you know, whatever Yuri does. So he can run, <laughs> well, Ben Spoons. Yeah. He, can, uh, he can get him to sort of take over the Yuri Geller Museum. Wow. So you'll turn up at the Yuri Geller Museum after Yuri's gone. And there'll be a Yuri alike there. There'll be a bloke that looks like him, yeah. Oh, okay. Sounds great, Andy, yeah. Of course, he picked up on my idea, <laughs> didn't he, did. when I said, when he bought an island, I said, you need yeah. a football team for that. Now he's all over it. He's got a football team on his island. He has. He's been yeah. recruiting, yeah. Now, uh, I always love these sort of surveys. The start of This is a story in The Sun today. It says, football fans have swapped pies and pints for quinoa salad and coffee at Paul. No, they haven't. Not around my way, <laughs> Not any round anybody's way. (laughs) Forest Green, they might have done. Well, they might have done. That's 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 true. It seems seems unlikely. Mikel Arteta says Arsenal are humble. I'm thinking myself, that's the one thing they're not. Okay. (laughs) These are just random (laughs) random musings of Andy Jacobs as he reads them off of a piece of paper. If you are going out to uh, Qatar for the World Cup and Mm. you won't be able to go to every game, don't count on actually being able to watch the games in your hotel or villas because being sports are charging so much money for to restaurants and bars to show the games yeah. that, that people are going well I can't afford it there's no point it's not viable so therefore you know you won't be able to see the games there's something wrong with all so this so it's not on their terrestrial telly then it's it's no. being who are doing it and then they're selling yeah. it around and the they're region. selling it apparently right. they're charging uh, 25,000 
Oh, this is in you know, yeah, twenty five thousand dollars for no pounds for every restaurant or bar that shows them. Wow, seems like quite a lot of money to me. For something well, what they we've heard about the beer be prices, free. they'll make that back in an evening. Won't they? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Quite possibly. Well, it so should just, never have so been. So if you're there, there it, it might not be on the telly. That's what they're saying. Wow. Mm. Bit of a shocker. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, it's the Monday pewter selection, just to uh, bring you up not to speed. Not putrid. No, well, who knows? We haven't heard them yet. <laughs> We've not heard these since 2010. The, I'm sure he does a fine job. The mm. producer cura- uh, curates these. He, uh, f- he found some old mini discs with some old clips on. And they're kind of warts and all. You know, they're not, they're not mm. the greatest hits, but there's, there's normally some good ones in there. So uh, let's take you back 12 years uh, in talk sport history. And uh, we'll begin with Mike Parry and Andy Townsend, a formidable double act at one time, talking puppets. Who is the most famous ventriloquist dummy in, in Britain now? It's still sooty, isn't it? Well, and still... sooty, sooty never said anything. He just whispered in your ear. Yeah, but he moved and everything, didn't he? You know. Well, not really. A lot. A... It, it wouldn't yeah, be the hardest. Wouldn't be the most difficult puppet <laughs> using a vent act, though, would it? Really? It'd be, a, be easy. Can't see your lips move. There's a reason for that. Yes. Now it's over to Mark Saggers and Mickey Quinn on the weekend breakfast, who were chatting to boxer James DeGale. Well, you've got the best man looking well, after you, of course, uh, in, cool. uh, in France. And you're exciting to watch, James. So when can the public see you back in on the canvas? <laughs> Probably that's not the very best, good, isn't it? The, that's trash talk, Quinny, isn't it? Really? When can we see you lying flat on the canvas? Occasionally, amongst the pewter, you do find a little bit of gold. A little, a little that nugget was there, good. panning for gold. Mm-hmm. Back to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend again, who were talking about the hot weather. That must be murder, to, especially with like, the weather we've had over the weekend. Yeah, must put a shirt on, and you must be like instantly perspiring. You know, within yeah. within about five seconds. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. A good point. Sure yeah. is exactly what you need. That's exactly it? what you need, Mike. Um, I just think it was Andy when he kind of thinks back on his football career and what he was going to do post that. Yeah, punditry. Mm. Yes, you know, of course, co-commentary. Yes, he still does that brilliantly mm. for us. But he probably had never imagined he'd be sitting next to Mike Parry talking about puppets and perspiration, did he really? No, probably really. wasn't in the game plan, although he loved it. Yeah. Yes, what's next then? It's a clip that's become a Christmas Eve show staple. It's Alan Brazil looking ahead to an exciting guest. Right, we're going to have a quick break and coming up, the youngest British female ever. Congratulations to Benita Norris. Wow, and is she going to have much to say? She's going to be about 30 seconds old. <laughs> <laughs> old Benita. A very hard interview that was, really tough. Uh, here's how much Mr. former cricket correspondent Jack Bannister with an update. Jonathan Trump, the star, star of the day. I said a tea, it was his day, whatever happened. A brilliant 175 not out. He wants to go on, and if he could double that, he will. He's a greedy little batsman. <laughs> Wonder where you were going with that, Jack, Very good but point. thankfully, a greedy little batsman. <laughs> uh, Andy. And uh, talking of greedy, here's the moose with the sports news. Another friendly action last night. Two goals from Liverpool's Rodri Mac- Rod- Ra- Maxi Rodriguez, even. <laughs> Rodri <laughs> Rodri Rodriguez. Fantastic. The Welsh uh, player. Can play for Wales. Yeah. Uh, Rob Page is listening. Uh, here's Alan uh, looking ahead to the upcoming World Cup in South Africa, as it was. Now, Spanish uh, group. Let's have we look at the group first. I had it then a minute ago. Tell us who's in the group. Ah, right, Spain, Switzerland, Honduras, and Chile. <laughs> Honduras, I think. Honduras, I think. You'll find, think you'll find really. it is. I think you find it is. Let's not get him on the South American <laughs> games, will we? But old Alan. And staying with Alan, here he is having a bit of a deepest depth moment. Okay, Steve, thank you. Uh, Martin Dagnum says, Gents, I, stroke we, haven't lost faith in Capello. Lost faith? (laughs) You don't don't want to lose for faith. Um, You've got to have faith. Um, So, uh, one more from Mike Parry, who was talking England with Mike Graham ahead of the World Cup. To me, the way they came back was, uh, was, was great for the fact that they were character and resilience. The introduction of Joe Roll in the second half is a turning point in the whole World Cup campaign. The introduction of Joe Royal in the second half. Joe's got probably in his 50s then, wasn't he, I would imagine. It was quite the the player to bring on. Uh, This is Danny Kelly talking Manchester United. 
David Gill is saying today that the club is not failing. That he's saying that Manchester United is an incredibly, an incredibly healthy situation. Situation. Yes, Funny how nothing changes. Yeah. Back to Alan again, who was still having a look at those World Cup groups. And Portugal's group, Group G: Brazil, Ivory Coast, Korea, Democratic Republic of Korea, Democratic Republic of Korea, and Portugal, of course. I do like the Denmark, group, Republic, the Denmark Republic of Korea. They're a good side. <laughs> Finally. Ever wondered what it would sound like if the guests on TalkSport were accompanied by an evacuation alarm? Well, wonder no more. That they cannot afford to operate the clubs anymore, and um, uh, that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, he, spent, he spent a good portion of last year looking for investors to buy in as a minority investor into the Rangers. Uh, but came came up with absolutely nothing on that front. Everybody who was interested wanted uh, wanted Tom Hicks to be at the very best a minority partner. Evan, do you do you think that the, the Tom Hicks and, and Randy Lerner coming into to English football means that we might see more Americans in future, or do you think well, what's happened with the financial problems that Tom Hicks is about to have or is having right now may put possible American investors off? Well, you know, I thought when, when Hicks went into to Liverpool following the lead of the Glazers and and uh, the other... Still going. Yeah. I thought that that was going to become a real trend. Uh, it looked like the uh, the ability to uh, in America to monetize the... It sounds uh, like the bloke from Slipknot, uh, doesn't it? Uh, Doing a kind of European, backwards whistle. European football, I think, was uh, very attractive to a lot of people, wow. but... You know, Tom Hicks essentially bought this. Still going. That was uh, that was Mark Donaldson, mm. our old mate Mark Donaldson, Hearts yeah. fan and ESPN reporter who now lives over in the States. But talk about um, soldiering on with an interview. <laughs> I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. Oh, wow. But there well, we go. There we are. Mm. <laughs> so, so we'll come back to you in a minute, or could you go somewhere else and take this call? But nope, just soldier on. Anyway, there's some uh, clips <laughs> of the week pewter for you. Uh, we'll dust off a few more around the same time next week. And uh, still to come today. Uh, Jeff Peters will be joining us, our man in the East Midlands. Huge game tonight. Yes. For both clubs. I mean, I think El Sakiko's pushing it a bit. I don't know, this whole narrative uh, around Steve Cooper, I think, is all a bit premature, don't you? Well, what What did I say to you would yeah. happen? I absolutely predicted this. It's so unfair on the man. He did a brilliant job for them, and he's he's got them promoted. And I, I thought, as soon as I said to you, as soon as he gets into any trouble, they're going to get rid of him. You might as well not bother. You might as well have been better off Sort of almost getting them really uh, promoted. I can't believe, and maybe we'll find out from Jeff as he chats to the Forest fans as they turn up later. And I cannot believe there are Forest fans out there saying, "Oh, he can't do it." No, you know, he's a good coach. You've got to give him a chance. I mean, got to. I'm sure the Forest fans. Are. I think. Players. I think it's a bit of a press narrative. Mm. I mean, it's maybe coming from from a media end, from our end, and not from the Forest fans. I can't believe after the way he turned things around last year and got them up that they uh, they don't think he, he deserves the chance mm. to bed that squad in. And uh, and get some results, but we shall see. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Myself and Charlie will be doing it all again tomorrow. Uh, John Richardson, uh, comedian and Leeds fan, will be among our guests. Mm. Uh, Andy, you're back on Wednesday. Aren't I you? am. Yeah. When are, you, when are Chelsea playing Champions League? Wednesday or Wednesday Tuesday? Night. Wednesday Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But Andy, back on Wednesday. Charlie here tomorrow. Do hope you can join us from one. If not, podcast will be available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.